You're listening to the Auburn Express. What's up and good morning, War Report family. You got Ike Jones back with another morning drop. Today, we are talking about year two expectations with Coach Hugh Freeze. What should Auburn fans expect? Y'all know how we do right here, War Report style. Let's drop it on them. Morning Drop. It is Monday, January the 29th. Hopefully everybody is doing all right. We are here with another Morning Drop talking to you guys about some Auburn football. Uh, Auburn women's basketball is in action tonight back in Neville Arena taking on the George Bulldogs. So if you're in the Auburn area, make sure you go and check out that game. Um we're talking Auburn football today. Before we get into the conversation, make sure you're doing the necessary by sharing the video out there on social media. Like the video and subscribe to the channel if you don't mind. Uh, but the conversation this morning is about year two. Uh, we are just on the brink of getting started with spring and want to know what should the expectations be in year two under Coach Hugh Freeze? Should Auburn fans expect a bump? A lot of fans think that year two is really going to be the year. I really think this is kind of year one point two, like something like that. Like it's not not fully a year two because it's just because I think year one, uh, Coach Hugh Freeze wasn't really in charge of the offense the way that he would have been in his previous stops and all that. But um, the expectations for year two, I think, are going to be a little bit different than they were for year one. But what should those expectations be, I think, is more of the question. And what has he done historically in year twos? And that's really what I want to look at this from a historical perspective and uh, talking about what he's done in his past in year twos and what we should expect in year one. Now, um, when we get into some points of these, there's going to be some things that look very similar and there's going to be some things that are very unsimilar, um, unsimilar, dissimilar is the correct word for that. Not unsimilar. That is not a real word, but it's OK. We're going to get it right. But um, very some things that are very dissimilar. But let's start the comparison with year one versus year two with the thing I think that have Auburn fans the most excited, and that is recruiting. Uh, when we go back and we look at historically, and I'm just going to compare Ole Miss, Liberty, and Auburn uh, in these scenarios uh, as far as recruiting is concerned. Year one under Coach Hugh Freeze, uh, Ole Miss was ranked number 46 in their recruiting class. That was in 2012. They were ranked 46 in the recruiting class. And... Um, you know, Ole Miss is a program that just traditionally hasn't been great as far as tops of the league in recruiting. That hasn't changed just because Lane Kiffin's there now. He still can't recruit. But, um, you know, it is going to be a thing uh, where Auburn fans are super excited because, like, listen, Liberty year one was 133rd in recruiting. Right. And so, you know, Liberty, again, not a school that you're going to see a bunch of uh, highly touted recruits going to. So you don't expect to see them uh high in the recruiting rankings and you know so so what he did in his first year to year two as far as the bump is concerned uh that is something that Auburn fans should have expected and they actually got right so you get to year two under coach Hugh Freeze at Ole Miss went from 46 to number eight overall in the recruiting rankings in year 2023 Liberty got a bump from 133 up to number 88. 
So a big bump in recruiting in year one to year two under Coach Hugh Freeze should have been expected. Auburn went from 18th to 8th. Now, not as big a jump, right, because you started at a much higher place, but you still got into the top 10 in year one under Coach Hugh Freeze as it stands right now. So, of course, they could things could change as far as the recruiting rankings are concerned with National Signing Day coming up next week. Um, it's been reported that uh, Auburn's not going to uh, sign Dimitri Nicholas, so it might be you know a little different. I don't know what the rankings would be after that if they're going to pick up somebody else. But year one to year two, you did get the bump in the recruiting that you typically have seen with Coach Hugh Freeze after he gets in gets his recruiting organization laid out, and then they go in and they figure out how they want to attack things. You get the bump in recruiting in all of those scenarios in his last three coaching stints, Ole Miss, Liberty, and now at Auburn. Then we get into what I think is the thing that Auburn fans really need to see in a year two bump, and that's with the offense. So this is why I say this is like year 1.0 or 2.0. Whatever. It's not year two, though. It's uh, because the offense was not a Coach Hugh Freeze offense in year one. I mean, we're talking about an offense back in 2012 when passing offenses were just really becoming a thing. Uh, you had Bo Wallace at quarterback there. and He threw for almost 3,000 yards, right? And passing offenses have revolutionized around the country since then 3,000 yards was like wow numbers back then for an SEC offense in 2012 and then in year two he threw for 33 46 right so you got a a bump in what you saw in offensive production in your passing offense specifically uh, in year two under coach Hugh Freeze I uh, didn't get into the Liberty numbers too much, but Liberty also saw a significant bump in their ability to go out there and put up points, uh, points per game, something I didn't talk about. Now, they didn't get a significant bump in points per game. They actually went down year one to year two points per game in Ole Miss from 31.5 down to 30. Uh, but, I mean, 1.5 points, that's uh, pretty stable as far as your points produced. Uh, but you did get the offensive bump in year one to year two. You really got the offensive bump in year one specifically over, you know, year over year between bef- the year before he got there and year one when he got there. So Auburn fans, and this is the one I think Auburn fans really want to see. And this is one of the things that's very dissimilar right now. You didn't see success in the past game year one with Coach Hugh Freeze here. And this is why I say this is kind of not a great comparison because he was the play caller Year one and Ole Miss, he was the play caller year one at Liberty. He was the play caller year two at Ole Miss. He was the play caller year two at Liberty. That's not going to be the case at Auburn because he was not the play caller full-time last season. So we're really just getting to the place where we're going to see year one Coach Hugh Freeze offense and what it looks like. Again, traditionally that offense you're talking about, close to 3,000 passing yards for a quarterback out there. And they're going out there and they're putting up points 30 plus points per game. Can this year you see the true bump? What is year two of Coach Hugh Freeze? Can you get the offensive bump that you typically get in year one of Coach Hugh Freeze with him coaching his offense the way that he wants to coach it? Now, a lot of that's going to come back down to the question of quarterback. I get it. I understand that that's exactly where um, you are uh, thinking when you start talking about all of this stuff, especially I'm talking about pass offense. And, you know, listen, people like to bring up wide receivers. The wide receivers back at Ole Miss that in, the, that in those days, I mean, listen, they had Laquan Treadwell, right? 
um, on on that offense. Uh, but he wasn't even like the main receiver that year for Ole Miss in year one. So I think that you know sometimes we we put stuff on on things that are kind of symptoms and not the problem. Uh, the problem with this offense last year, in my opinion, and we'll we can dive more into the numbers about that, was more about situational play calling and execution on the part of a lot of people. It wasn't just, oh man, our our wide receivers are terrible. Our wide receivers weren't great last year. The numbers bear that out, but I think it was more symptomatic of pass attempts, play calling, and execution from the offensive line and the quarterback that showed weak uh, wide receiver numbers. But we will definitely dive into that because, again, the wide receivers deserve a lot of blame when it comes to what the passing offense looked like last year. Um, but um, they, they don't shoulder that blame alone. But 17,000, uh, 1,700 yards, excuse me, 17,000 would be breaking every record ever imaginable. 1,700 passing yards is not going to be it or it's not going to get to cut it in year two. It's, you're going to need to figure out how to get almost double that production to, to get back to a place where you're used to seeing an offense be under Coach Hugh Freeze, like, it, like at least a 1,000-yard jump in year two under Coach Hugh Freeze to get back to that place. And that's going to be a daunting task. How does he get back to an offense that he's used to, which is throwing for close to 3,000 yards when you did, when you did, when not even, you were almost 300 yards as far as one particular starting quarterback away from 2,000. A 1,000-yard-plus bump in one season is going to be a significant one. Um, So looking forward to seeing what Coach Hugh Freeze is able to do from an offensive standpoint. But you do get that bump typically in Coach Hugh Freeze's first season and going into the second season as well. But the main one, and I want to camp out here for a second, is what are you going to see as far as the record is concerned? Coach Hugh Freeze in year one at Ole Miss was 7-6. and with a win in a bowl game year two was eight and five with a win in a bowl game. It's only a one game difference as far as year one to year two. Now Liberty, you saw a a two game win difference. You went from eight and five to 10 and one, uh, which of those two things can you expect to see at Auburn is Auburn so far behind because listen, like again, we got to think about Ole Miss and where they were, right? Like they were a, a, bottom of the SEC West team when he came in year one they finished fifth in the SEC year one Auburn finished fifth in the SEC the the gap between Ole Miss and the top of the conference was I think wider at the time than what it was between Auburn and the top of the conference when he got here what should the expectations be from a record standpoint in year two considering he's much further behind in the offensive production from year one now recruiting right on schedule offense production way behind schedule as far as what he has been traditionally so how is it going to play out on the field wins and losses because i just told you that the gap between where he usually is and where he is right now in his offensive production in year one, we're talking about, again, uh, like 1,200 yards of difference of year one production from a single, from the, the the main passer in your offense. 
How can we bridge that gap and get to a place where the offensive numbers look more akin to what you're accustomed to seeing from a year one Hugh Freeze? And if we're really just in that place, year one Hugh Freeze, because, uh, you know, listen, you got the bump to number eight in recruiting classes. You didn't see that play out on the field as far as wins and losses, really until year four of Hugh Freeze at Ole Miss. Year three, you still just saw incremental increases. You went from seven wins to eight wins to nine wins. And then year four, you went to 10. So you was just steadily building over those four seasons is coach Hugh Freeze going to get that level of patience from um, Auburn fans to be able to be a steady increase in the wins I think that has to do with what the wins are and which losses there are and all that sort of thing and what the recruiting uh, does because missing recruiting actually went backwards in year three at, at Ole Miss now there's a lot of external reasons, but did the same thing at Liberty. You got the bump in year two, and then it fell backwards in year three. Can he retain the momentum in recruiting going into year three, but can you get that offense looking better in year two to make it look more like what you're accustomed to? And I think the lane is open now for him um, more than ever with the landscape of what's happening. There are a lot of great coaches in this conference, but uh, Coach Hugh Freeze, I think, is starting to get his staff together. You know, we still got some <laughs> a staff position that needs to get filled out, but he started to get his staff together and he's starting to build the kind of uh, organization that he's accustomed to. How is that going to translate to offense and record so that Auburn fans have a product that they can go out there and support wholeheartedly and understand it's going to be something that they can be proud of? And Auburn players can start to see that they're putting this kind of product together that they had been recruited on throughout the, the process so that they can, can that, that Auburn can continue the momentum yet to be seen what it is. But what I want to know is what do you all expect in year two as far as passing numbers and then as far as how that translates to a record on the field as of today there's a lot of unanswered questions we didn't even talk about defense of course because that's going to factor into your record right like you, you can't just score points you have to be able to go out there and stop some people as well but as far as the offense is concerned do you expect to see that bump in year two definitely want to hear your thoughts on that um before we get into your thoughts on all of those things, of course, as always, we got to stop and acknowledge the sponsor of today's War Report Morning Drop. And that is our guys over at Manscaped. Manscaped is back giving you all the great. I don't even know what I, I was going to say something probably goofy right there, but it's Valentine's season. But uh, and roses are red. Violets are blue. Trim your balls and your date will thank us too. Valentine's Day is knocking and Manscaped is the remedy for the love that what the love doctor ordered. His prescription, the all new performance package 5.0 ultra designed to elevate your grooming game and shine like the heartthrob you are. Join 10 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and our exclusive offer by going to manscaped.com and get 20% off plus free shipping when you use code rapport. And for the bearded kings like myself, Manscaped brings you the Beard Hedger Pro Kit designed to shave your scruff effortlessly. It sculpts the cheeks, shines and maintains the beard styles and give in styles giving you that suave look for your romantic moments. Again, get 20% off and free shipping when you use code rapport at Manscaped. That's 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com using code rapport because your grooming upgrade awakes ready to charm your Valentine's dates. I love the poetry that they always give me with these Manscaped beats, man. It's beautiful. Drop. 
War Report family, you are listening to The Morning Drop, where we talk about the most recent and relevant Auburn sports news. We broadcast live from The War Report's YouTube channel on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern, 9 Central Time. You're welcome to come watch it live, but the live chat is reserved for our YouTube channel members only. So come on by, become a member, and get active in the best Auburn sports community on the webs. We'll be right back after we pay a couple bills. Thanks for sticking around through the ad break. Now here's the rest of your morning drop. All right, let's get over into the comment section and see what my green name gang is talking about this morning. Appreciate you guys for jumping in here on early on a Monday morning to talk a little Auburn football. Let's see. Jonathan Boyson jumps in and says, 2025 class is off to a good start. I'm glad we haven't seen any decommits from the 25 class with Zach and Caddy and T. Reed leaving. It's definitely too early to talk about whether or not somebody's going to decommit. I don't think anybody would just immediately jump out there and decommit this early from the 25 class. So I guess that is a good sign that they didn't, they weren't so connected to those guys. Um, we haven't seen a lot of commits that I think were directly tied to them because, you know, first and foremost, T. Reed wasn't out there on the road, so he wouldn't have been the lead recruiter for anybody in this class. He might have been helping close the deal, but he wasn't the lead recruiter. Um, Now, with Caddy, we hadn't gotten a running back recruit in this class that had committed yet. There has, you know, been some rumblings for some running backs, but nobody has committed yet. Um, So that wouldn't really play out in that way because he wouldn't have been the lead recruiter on anybody besides a running back for the most part. Now, the one would have been Zach, right? Zach Etheridge definitely may be responsible for some decommitments out there because he would have been lead recruiter on some guys out there. But I do think that the staff that Coach Hugh Freeze has brought in is adept enough in recruiting that they can be able to make up for that missing piece. Um, and the sum of the parts would be able to make up for it. So looking forward to seeing that. Uh, let's see. Chris S. says he's not starting from behind in the 25 class. We're top seven now with a bunch of D-line talent. Moderate on the field success should keep us top 10. I would certainly hope so. Again, we talked about I talked about year three. They went up to year in year two. Now, this is, again, Ole Miss. So to keep the momentum there is a little bit more difficult. And where they started from was, you know, so being number 15 overall in that year three there for Ole Miss is still a high recruiting ranking for that school. Um, but he started at 18 here in year one, up to eight. And now the question is whether or not he can continue the path towards a top five ranking, which is where they were headed towards had they landed a couple more people in this class. Or are we going to be able to at least maintain in the top 10? Yet to be seen, but definitely hope so. Jonathan Boyson jumps back in. So, Ike, should we expect a big bump this year in the pass offense since this is his first year calling plays? That is my expectation. My expectation is that we see at least an additional 800 passing yards this season. That's a lot. That sounds like a huge number, 800. I just think you're going to throw the ball more. You should not have the excuse that you don't have the wide receiver talent. Everybody's super. Ex- I get it. They're young, but they're talented. So talent's not going to be the issue. A lot of these guys are here in the spring. You've got some returning guys that are that are good for your wide receiver room. Get the quarterback right. You should see a big bump in the offense. No excuses year two, Coach Hugh Freeze. The offense needs to look like a Coach Hugh Freeze offense, and typically that offense is closer to 3,000 passing yards. I expect to see at least 
at least 800 additional passing yards for an offense for a quarterback that threw in the range of 1,800. He needs to be throwing closer to 25, 2,600 next season, in my opinion. That's what I expect to see. We'll see how that plays out on the field. Chris S. says, I don't see the offense being above average with Thorny Boy. <laughs> Cam Coleman needs to be our Keon in year one for an upgrade. Um, I don't know that Cam Coleman has to be Keon Coleman, um, but he definitely needs to be able to provide a security blanket for Thorne to be able to, or whomever the quarterback is, but let's just roll with Peyton Thorne as the guy. Listen, Peyton Thorne's thrown for this much in his career before, right? So I... There's no reason why he couldn't do it again in an offense that he's more familiar in. And he's got a second year to be able to understand. He's got some better um, talent on the outside by everybody's account as far as star rating. Like there's no reason why it couldn't happen. The offensive line, I don't expect to take a significant step back, even though you're going to be playing and rotating in some newer guys in that line. I think you've done good enough in uh, the recruiting and with guys that you have uh, in the stable there already to be able to have some good continuity along your offensive line. There's no reason why it shouldn't improve in year two, even if Peyton Thorne is the quarterback and people's doubts about him. I've he's done it before in his career. There's no reason he can't do it again. Last year needs to be a blip on the radar as far as Peyton Thorne is concerned, because um, even his step back second year at Michigan State, where they lost a lot of like this year is the opposite. Right. By everybody's accounts this year, more targets and talent should be there uh, in the receiving core. And he should be able to have a an additional year of study in this system with and it should be better results. It should be. I expect year two Peyton Thorne, Hugh Freeze, if that's the combination that's going to be, to look more like year two Michigan State as far as passing numbers for Peyton Thorne, less like year one Auburn numbers. If we get into year one Michigan State numbers, then we're talking about a whole other universe of stuff. And, you know, we're having a different conversation about what the potential of this team could be. But I expect at least year two Michigan State numbers from this offense. Uh, let's see. Chris S. jumps back in and says, I want eight plus a bowl victory to roll us into nine wins in year two. Be nice to see. Definitely be nice to see. We'll get more into the schedule as we get um, some things going out this week. Um, I want to say right now, again, I am will firmly disagree with the the, the ceiling uh, that, that Mike G has put out there of seven wins. I am not in that place of that's being the ceiling of Auburn. Um, but I, I do think that getting to a place where you can get eight wins and, and a bowl victory would be a, a good year two. Again, I don't need to see us go undefeated and compete for a college football playoff in year two based upon where you were in year one. I thought that college football playoff in year two was potentially a possibility before I saw year one results on the field. I think you put yourself behind that expectation with the way that year one played out as far as the turnover with staff, as far as um, how little Coach Hugh Freeze was actually involved in the offense. I think you're behind the eight ball in terms of that. You probably should have gotten to seven to eight wins this year, and then you'd be in the place where nine to ten wins was a possibility in year two, looking at potentially getting to the college football playoff. I don't think that that's the case right now. Got to see a lot more before I'm ready to jump out there. Jed says, with this schedule, eight and four shouldn't be hard to do. I can also see a, a world 
where he picks up nine plus, but that means they really got it together. I agree. I agree with this that, well, I, I won't say that eight wins shouldn't be hard to do. I'll say this. Eight wins was achievable in year one. So there's no reason why eight wins could be impossible in year two. Um, but easy to do makes it seem like that's more of your relative floor. Um, and I think that the floor is still probably around six to seven wins this season. I don't know. Again, we've got a, uh, it's too early for me to be forecasting floor ceiling stuff because there's so much stuff that hasn't been ironed out that determines that kind of thing. Uh, but I will say that my expectation just based upon what historically has happened with coach Hugh Freeze and his teams is at least one to two additional wins in this season, which will put you in seven to eight wins as your floor. Uh, Chris S. jumps back in and says, we need a nose tackle and it sucks a little more not to have Dimitri in this class. Agreed. I think that, you know, that's got to be a high priority for the transfer portal if we're not going to find somebody. Uh, I would have liked to get both, uh, you know, I, and I don't know where we are on scholarship numbers. Uh, so that's going to determine a lot of those things. But I would have liked to get a nose tackle out of high school and somebody in the transfer portal, maybe you can go get someone with multiple years of eligibility that can play the nose out of the transfer portal, and that'll be a good situation uh, for this team. But you definitely need more interior linemen that will be able to hold down the zero technique for this um, for this um, coming season. P. Pass says, I see no logical reason not to go undefeated at home this year. Auburn can can Auburn go out to Athens and finish the job versus Georgia this year? UGA will be top three again. Who undefeated at home? That's going to be tough, right? Uh, I mean, I think the, the the tough portion of that specifically is going to be the, the Oklahoma game, right? Like that's going to be your tough home game that you're going to have to figure out how to get the win. The rest of those games are winnable games at home. Not that Oklahoma is not winnable. It's just that one, you know, if I'm doing my boss toss loss way too early, Oklahoma is going to be in that toss situation right now before I see what Oklahoma is trotting into this season with and see where Auburn is looking like after the spring. Um, and we figure out what that second transfer portal looks like as far as attrition plus um, uh, additions to the team. So, We'll see what happens there. Um, but yeah, beating beating um, Georgia in Athens has not been a winning proposition for Auburn of recent. And Georgia has shown no signs of relent as far as the talent that they're putting out there on the field. Kirby Smart's as good as ever. So it's going to be a difficult thing to do. And Auburn just hasn't really played well on the road versus Georgia um, of recent. Um, but we'll see. We shall definitely see what happens. You're going into year two of Carson Beck and he should be better in that system. Um, so a lot of things not in Auburn's favor in terms of that matchup. But again, I think Auburn is is the, the wild card in here because you just don't know what they're going to actually look like as far as that offense is concerned. Jonathan Boyson jumps in and says the Bammers would melt down if we beat them the first year Saban retired. I don't think they would, honestly. I think that they would make all the excuses in the world while, oh, well, y'all just caught us in year one. We, you know, it's, it's not going to be a meltdown for them. I'll say this on the other side, though. If Auburn doesn't win the Iron Bowl this year, and we haven't gotten into this hypothetical scenario, but if Auburn does not win the Iron Bowl this year, despite it being on the road, all it, Kalen DeBoer in his first seat, I don't think Auburn can lose the Iron Bowl this season, guys. I don't think it can happen. That the, the, the His hot seat, listen, the only way Auburn fans will be okay, and I mean okay, not I'm I'm talking about like 
not ready to push him directly and the minivan down the road out the door at Auburn with losing the Iron Bowl is if it's a 10-win season already. I, I don't think Coach Hugh Freeze can go into this season winning eight games or finish next season winning eight games and one of those losses be the Iron Bowl. And Auburn fans feel good about that year. I just don't think so, right? Like, it's got to be a 10-win season, in my opinion. Um, just, it, it feel that feels unforgivable in the minds of the Auburn brass and and fan base to lose to a first-year head coach in the Iron Bowl. Just doesn't feel like something people are going to want to see happen. Jonathan Boyson says, Ike, I see OU, but they lost their QB and pretty much their entire offensive line. Again, I had, I don't know anything about them. They had, I do know that they are starting a new quarterback in that bowl game, and I don't know what they've done in the transfer portal. I don't know what their defense is looking like. I, I have not delved into our opponents for next year enough to be able to give you guys any sort of real take about next season, which is why I think it's uh, it's way too early to start doing predictions about what I think the relative floor and ceiling for the team is because there's just so much that's going to be changing between now and then. And there's so little research I've actually done on any of these other teams to give you guys anything that makes a lot of sense. Um, Ant Robinson says that he thinks that we go 10-2, and two, upset Bama, losses to Puppy Dogs and maybe Mizzou or Oklahoma. Um so this is a this is an interesting take. Would would an Auburn win over Bama be an upset right now? I don't know. I mean, Bama's going to come in ranked highly because they're Alabama, but is is that going to be an upset right now? Or, or or are people expecting for Auburn to win this? And again, there's a long wait. We're talking about a long wait to to the season starting. There's an eternity of time between now and when that Iron Bowl happens for those two teams to shape the the direction of what the programs are going to be. Uh, it's going to be very interesting to see how the, the landscape changes in the conference. Now that Bama has a new reality of who their head coach is going to be. So we'll see what happens as the, the season progresses. But um, yeah, I would say today people would say that be an upset because of where those programs are relative to one another. But Will year one look like a rebuild? Will it look like a, you know, status quo year for them? I don't know what it's going to look like in year one, but it will be super interesting to see how we, things look once we get to the end of next season where that Iron Bowl sits. So it's going to be uh, going to be a lot of rumblings going around if we can't figure out how to get that dub, though. Jed says, I agree. He cannot lose the Iron Bowl regardless of it being in Tuscaloosa uh, Auburn's got to win that game this year on top of the fact that it's been four years since Auburn beat Alabama. Yeah, listen, I think I think you got to get that dub this year, man. Uh, again, I think the only way that fans stomach that is, is a 10-win season. Like, you've already won 10 going into that game, and you're looking at trying to win. I, I just I, – I can't envision a lot of – maybe if you beat Georgia before that, you get the upset against Georgia, they'll be able – I don't know, man. Like, I – there's a lot of scenarios that maybe it feels, but I just can't, I can't see losing to a year one coach in the iron bowl, regardless of what the circumstances of being on the road are. I just can't see that being a thing that Auburn fans look at and say to themselves that they're happy with that outcome. Unless 
within that outcome, you're talking about college football playoff contention as a team. I don't know. So we will see what happens as far as all of that is concerned. All right. I appreciate you guys jumping in here with me with the morning drop. As always, the morning drop is brought to you by show sponsor Rogue Shop. Uh, head over to RogueShop.com and use code Rapport when you do. Get you a little something off your purchase. Rogue Shop is America's number one online dispensary with uh, sleep, stress, pain, anxiety, relief. Rogue Shop's got you covered, so you can head over there and make sure you let them know the war report since you're using code rapport. I'll be back at you guys tomorrow morning with another morning drop. Members, make sure you have your notifications on. We're going to get into some film this week. Like the video before you get out of here. Subscribe to the channel. And as always, until the next time, War Eagle. Drop!